Hey, entrepreneurs, it's your podcast mogul, Phil Better here. I am excited for this episode, as as I know you are. Before we jump into this episode, I'm going to ask you, if you are also a podcaster and you're looking to grow your podcast or monetize your podcast, make sure you stay till the end of the episode. I have a special deal for you or a special offer, if you will. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better. Got to fix my hair here. Uh, today, I would love to welcome our special guests. They help corporate executives lead lead and succeed at transformational change in both their personal and professional life. They're an executive coach. They're a strategic change consultant specializing in helping mid to senior level leaders to remain relevant in today's changing world. And like, if you don't know when we're recording this, a huge announcement was just made with a uh, Microsoft and Google and AI. So obviously very, very apropos that we have uh, my guest today, because she can help us figure out the changes that you can take in your life. So Julie, thank you so much for being here. Phil, thank you so much. I really enjoy podcasting and this is just a great opportunity. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm so glad to have you on. Um, I gave a bit of a bio and my bios are always meh. Um, I love hearing it from my guests. Can you please just introduce yourself so my audience can get to know you in your own words? Sure. I'm Julie Noonan. I own Julie Noonan Consulting. I started that company uh, three years ago during COVID when I got laid off at 57 years old. So, <laughs> Um, I, I was kind of forced to take that leap, you know what I mean? So my um, the, the people that I work with the most are leaders who are in that last 15 to 20, uh, 10 to 15 years of their retire before retirement. And of course, we're redefining retirement mm. all the time. So, yeah. Depending on where you are in the world, it could be 70 years old now. Who knows? Never, actually. A lot of my clients are deciding that they're never going to retire, and that's cool, too. But that's that's kind of my focus, is helping people um, make changes that they want to make in their lives. Some of those changes include becoming an entrepreneur. I love that. I love that. So we know kind of the 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 spark that caused you to jump into this entrepreneurial world were you an entrepreneur before having to be laid off because of covid or were you always a nine-to-fiver and then all of a sudden you feel the boot and you're like let's go for it let's try this well i have been uh laid off four times in my life and so the third time that i was laid off i started my company and then I kind of got scared and went right back to corporate when I, the, well, not corporate, but consulting when I had the opportunity. This time when it happened, I said, you know what? I had such a good time being my own boss the first time. I'm making this happen this time. This is going to be my dream. And I have learned so much over the last three years. I will tell you. 
I can only imagine because I've been doing this not three years. I've been uh, two years now. 2021 is kind of when I would say I officially started. My journey started in 2022 like yours, but didn't get kicked in until la- in 2021. So I'm I'm excited to hear all about your changes. Um, so where were you working before the inevitable change of 2020, which has changed the landscape of the world? Right. Um, I call it the Great Band-Aid ripoff. Actually, and- <laughs> good name. I I fully enjoy that because it is true. A lot of the people I talked with, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty was the year that they either jumped in or did that big thing that they were scared of because they had no choice. Correct, exactly. And um, one of the things that I love to do is take up or take advantage of opportunities. So when things happen, and even even if they're not the greatest thing that could happen, um, I always try to look for okay how can i make this benefit me and my family (laughs) so um that's what i was doing in 2020 what what did i was um in um consulting actually i was in a consulting organization so you were helping business leaders businesses do what they need to do your boss was like sorry um bye and then you're on your own you dust off this just consulting business that you had before the little entrepreneurial thing and you started but what made you choose the mid-level execs Hmm. um what made me choose and they're they're not really mid-level they're just at the the end of their formal career so it could be any leader okay who is within that 10 to 15 year range mainly because number one i'm a boomer and I have I talk to boomers a lot. They're most of my clients are are boomers, and um, they're really struggling. They're really really struggling with being relevant till they're ready to leave, and um, they're feeling like the world is going by without them, and they have no way to kind of catch up. Uh, you know, technology is running amok all over them. They don't, some of them do not understand the values of the new generation, generations. Um, they don't understand, they, they had to start working remote. Some of them liked it, some of them didn't. So there's just a lot of turmoil in that population. Mm-hmm. And I love working with that population because they're the first ones to, to say, I'm not ever gonna say, that I need help, right? So you have to kind of talk to them, talk them into saying out loud, yeah, I'm kind of struggling here. Mm-hmm. And then once that happens, it, it the, the groundswell opens and they realize they have so much opportunity still. They're not on the downside of their career. They're on the upside of the rest of their life. And so that's what I keep trying to um, engender in this population. And they're also very, very scared of being let go, of being put out to pasture because of ageism and age discrimination. Um, you know, I would, I probably would not have been able to get um, the same level of job as I had before when I got laid off just because of my age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's a right now is a very weird time for all generations because oh, yeah. yeah, 
like I'm a I'm an elder millennial, so I'm just off the cusp of the Gen Xers, right? So I still got I was a Gen Xer, if you will. As a mil- elder millennial, you're kind of like a Gen X light, if you will. Um, <laughs> it's true because we we were promised the same thing the Gen Xers and the Boomers were promised, right? We were promised, hey, you come work for this company. Twenty five years later, you get to retire, a nice gold watch, a good fat pension. You're you're pretty much good for life. You know, you, you put in your service, you can obviously stay longer, but now that we move further and further down and like, you look at this and like you said, there, a lot of them are like fearful that they're going to be put out the pasture without their, their, uh, pension after putting so many years into <laughs> exactly what some anymore. If you're lucky to have a pension, you're yeah, well, they're lucky to have a matching 401k. <laughs> That's right. Like it's, it's so weird that like all these things we were promised and we're not, and it's the like the companies still want us to be so loyal to them, yet they're not being loyal to us. You know, they can fire you on a whim. They, they but they ask for the two weeks. So, with with your like with the older generation getting told all this and then they're coming to the end and they're like, wait, what? I, I don't have this longevity anymore. I don't have this security. Of course, I can't jump into another job at my field because like they know I only have five years left and they're like, why would we waste money? This is a, a waste of time, even though the knowledge and the value is there. How do you get them to like get over that giant fear? Because that's a huge fear. And I'm speaking because of my dad who went from insurance all the way uh, to retirement and he was like i have to go back to work like how do you how do you get them to get through that loop well the very first thing that i do is talk with them hopefully before that happens if it happens to mm-hmm. them um i like to talk to them beforehand and almost it's almost like um mindset planning as opposed to financial planning for your retirement so it's mindset planning. So it's what what do you want to do with your life? Most of them cannot answer it because as boomers, we were brought up that we so very, um, we identified with what we did with our job so much that I am the job, you know, mm-hmm. um, that it's hard to to separate ourselves from what we do. And so I start there and I start with the values and I have a values assessment that I work on with them. And once they identify the values that they want to uphold during the rest of their career and or, you know, past that, then we talk about, okay, so let's let's break down all of the preconceived notions that you have. Let's let's break down um are you going to stay and until quote unquote retirement? Let's just take retirement off the table. Let's just say, let's look at the next 30 years of your life or the 50 years of your life. What would you most enjoy doing? What would you most enjoy contributing to the world? It could be in a profession. It could be in a paid position, but it also could be other places as well. Um, what I'm finding is that a lot of my clients like that planning process, mainly because they really haven't thought about it. And when you when retirement is years and years down the road, you tend not to think about it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you wake up, you're 60 years old, and you know you can you can officially retire in two years uh, if you can afford to. 
<laughs> you can officially retire in two years, and two years is not a long time. Oh. And so it kind of hits you in the face if you haven't already planned out what it is you want to do with the rest of your life. So I like to kind of break down everything that just blue sky it with them. A lot of times what comes out of it is, you know, at one point I really wanted to start my own company. <laughs> and I say, you have hit retirement age at exactly the right time. Because let me tell you, <laughs> there's a lot you can do that you don't have to, you can use the skills you already have. You can use the contacts you already have. You can use the whole 60 years of your life and the people, the relationships that you've built, and you can build a business in a matter of weeks and it just blows their mind. So. Yeah. Cause. Again, because of the mindset, they, they thought an entrepreneur, they needed at least 150 capital to oh. open this bread and bird. And they forgot that the internet and websites are dirt cheap. You can hire someone to do the whole website, the whole funnel for you if you want. Yeah, you the, can hire your grandchildren. <laughs> even better, free, even free labor there. You can go to your grandkids. And they, they'll be more that they probably will do a better job than someone you pay. Yeah. They're, and you're building a family business and you can teach the grandkids some skills that you and oh my God, I didn't even think of that. Jesus. Give me a second. I need to call my dad and tell him that he needs to start a business with uh, my nephew. Well, no. <laughs> well and, uh, and the thing about it is you don't have to have capital. You don't have to have a physical product that you touch. You just have to have knowledge and skills that you want to offer to the world. I have nothing tangible in my business. My business doesn't even own my car, but my business is very, very profitable because I know the value that I'm selling both to my coaching clients as well as to my corporate clients when I do change management strategies for them. So a lot of what I do is remind them of that their value, their skills, the, the experience that they have, all of that can be translated into value into the world. And you can get paid for that. <laughs> you can get paid handsomely for the knowledge. Oh, yeah. Someone who's been working for 30 odd years has more knowledge and skills than anybody. And there's people like, this is why I love podcasting because I get to share my knowledge, but also learn so much from my, my guests. And it's like, there is someone right now who's starting their career in consulting, we'll say, and they have no idea what they're doing. And they're hearing, well, you can help people transition. They're like, I'm a millennial. I'm a Gen Z. I know all about this technology. I, I help my parents all the time or I help my grandparents all the time. I can I can teach this now. Oh, my God. Or, you know, a Gen Z, uh, a boomer who's listening to this and going, wait, I can, I can sell my knowledge? Because right now I feel is the peak of the the knowledge era that's what people want they want knowledge exactly and and one of the things that, one of the programs that i actually run is called reverse mentoring <laughs> where i do partner the younger generation with the older generation very strategically start with talking about the values of both so that they can get on the same page as far as the the bottom line values what they're trying to accomplish and then the elder help mentors the younger 
in a typical, you know, here's what I would do leadership wise, or here's what, here's what I've tried before and it didn't work. Maybe it will work for you. Let's examine the situation. Risk assessment is huge because if you've been there, done that, you know the risks mm-hmm. and you can help the younger generation avoid those. Vice versa, those guys have a whole different um, viewpoint on the demographics, the culture, the current culture, the um, social media and how it works, new technologies. All of that is stuff that I'm not going to necessarily pick up on as I'm going through um, my regular job, you know, my nine to five job. I might not pick up on that unless I'm in the IT department or I'm working on a big IT project as a business owner. But the bottom line is I can learn a whole lot from that generation and they can learn a whole lot from me. And in the end of the at the end of the day, what I really, really want is when I do officially stop working however i don't think i'm ever going to stop working but if i actually do stop working at least the 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 companies and the people that i have touched are going to be successful because of what i was able to help them with you know so that's just that's a legacy to me that's That's what i want this younger generation to be incredibly successful I, I love and I love that you're doing the reverse mentoring where you have the younger generation teaching the older and the older sharing more not more knowledge but ex- the experience that they've mm. had mm. and that is so valuable to us uh, to the younger generation because we don't have necessarily time to do that th- we don't have 30 years to work in a company because a company may not even keep us three years so having someone who's been able to play the political games that are in a company which are prevalent um but also understand how to talk with managers that may not be the best type of manager and not just blow up at them but know how to use that work the system because that's knowledge that takes years to learn yeah or or how do you deal with a difficult personality you know in a in a professional way without without giving up your value set without being inauthentic um i had to learn that over many, many years, I would, you know, I was a firebrand. <laughs> I just pretty much said what I thought I needed to say, regardless of how it was coming across. So I had to learn a, a lot, you know, via trial and error. But I um, now when I'm coaching, uh, particularly I have some high um, high performer uh, individuals who I'm coaching for a company that I work with. And it, it's just they struggle a lot with the the political piece, like mm-hmm. you said. They also struggle with um, what's the right way to get the result that I want out of this person who has power over me. That's always uh, something that mm-hmm. you need to learn how to properly ask from to your boss. Right, without you know, without being a kiss ass (laughs) without all the negative side effects like what are the positive ways of going like i know 
how hard it was to figure out the motivations or how to get that thinking around so that I can get the narcissist's boss to help me out or, you know, the selfish person over here or the manager that just is looking out for themselves because they know that, hey, the big tops are moving around. So that means the little people are going to move. So I'm more covering my ass than your ass. So yeah, this is, oh my God, I want to know. Yes. How did you find, let's, let's go to a tip for my audience more specifically because let's say they're jumping into the world of consulting how did you land your first client that may have not been a direct contact someone that was in your network maybe someone outside your network oh man um i do a lot of uh content on linkedin a lot um and i have kept up my extended network over the last however long LinkedIn's been around. I was one of the first first early adopters of LinkedIn. Let me put it that way. So um, I have cultivated my network to the nth degree. So I know that when I have, you know, some time coming up where I have some time to sell a, you know, a bit of work or project, or um, I've got a subcontractor that I know I could sell out and they need some help finding a project, um, I know who to go to just based on my network. So I will contact them and say, hey, we haven't talked in however long, or, um, I've done some work with so-and-so, you may know them. I have this thing, you know, this opportunity for a a change management consultant. I heard that you were working on an ERP implementation. Um, Is there a chance that you need a change agent or a change manager on your project? And so that's paying attention to your network and, and really keeping up with those folks will go miles and miles and miles toward anything you want to do going forward in life um, regardless of if you want to get into consulting if you want to get into um, you know coaching if you want to get into any kind of um, business the relationships are what makes the sales not even sales it's not hard but so it's just it's just cultivating relationships mm-hmm. and over time providing as much value someone's going to reach out or do the outreach yourself yeah, and I I do um I do outreach intentionally every Friday. I have 50 people that I contact every Friday. I love I love I love that. <laughs> some of them I know, some of them I don't, but they know people that I know. And I will send them um a tool maybe that I've developed or I'll send them a case study of a project that I just completed not saying not trying to sell them anything but just sharing some value all i'm doing is planting seeds for when they do need what i offer they'll come back to me you know i love that oh the long-term strategy not the short-term win. oh yeah yeah i think that's also being lost uh with this bump of entrepreneurial people are looking for those quick hundred thousand dollars in 30 days instead of like i'd rather have that lifetime be a million dollars from one person instead of just a one shot of a hundred thousand well um one well one of my biggest clients right now um i've had this client for three years running and i have tripled um my contract with them over three years and I'm doing half the work 
Um, that, that. <laughs> What's your secret? Yeah. <laughs> like that, I think everybody wants to know that secret, but we're going to well, keep that. It's value. It's, it's pure and simple. When you get the opportunity to go in and you perform and you, you know, you hit the nail on the head and you're good at it. You're respectful of the company. You're respectful of the company's culture. Um, but you offer them the opportunity for some innovation. It's that whole mindset builds on itself. All of a sudden, every project that they have, you, they know you can do, whether it's your specialty or not. Like this next project that I'm doing for them, I've really never done it before. <laughs> but that's the entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> Let's, we build the plane as we jump off the, that, the cliff, right? And what's the fun? That's the fun part, being a consultant. It's the fun part of being um, an entrepreneur is you get to pick and choose. It. Once you feel like that you're stable enough to put food on the table, I guess, um, you get to pick and choose what you do. And if you don't, if you don't find joy in something, you can turn it down. I want to go to a memory over the last three years, because you're, you're, it's relatively new. I love this. You're a relatively new entrepreneur, but you're a, it feels like you're a seasoned entrepreneur because you're kind of in the same boat that you were doing beforehand when you were a consultant now you're just doing it on your own you built your own business so you got the legs to run so i was wondering if you have a memory that kind of cements why you do what you do either it was a win that a client had and they came back super excited or it was something you were able to achieve like you know climb mount kilimanjaro if you will <laughs> if you climb if you climb that mountain already i'm going to just hang up walk no. up because you can have the show I'm not the outdoorsy type. <laughs> I'd rather really get my nails. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I need my nails done, but that's another story. So, yeah, do you have a memory you care to share with us? Oh, oh, there's so many great ones. I have to say, um, I would say probably when I when I signed my first contract as an as a legal entity myself. Um. Because I really and truly could not even believe somebody was paying me what they were paying me to do what I love. Um, and I and when I looked at the figure on the paper, it was so much more than I would have made being, you know, in a consultancy. Mm. And frankly, I felt vindicated. Oh. You know, I felt a little bit vindicated, I must say, that, you know, they this particular consultancy um, postulated for quite a while. And on my performance review, she can't sell, she can't sell, she can't sell. She needs to sell more, sell more, sell more. My whole my whole thing is my work sells. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go out and, you know, take people to lunch and do this. I just need to do a really great job and the work will come, which it did. But when, you know, when I had that contract in my hand and I had freaking sold it. <laughs> How good did that feel? Oh, I could tell oh. that laugh. That laugh. Oh. I, I just, I wanted to take a picture and send it to the, 
<laughs> I was going to ask, did you did you go over and just go, look at this? I can't sell. I have to sell more. What is this? Yeah. Oh. Oh, it was it was nice. And you know, certainly I would never burn any bridges for sure. Um But it, you came close I went I came really close, right? You came close? And I came close to do it with one person, yes. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yes. But I have that. Don't worry. I have that same person when I get that good contract that I'm just going to be like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you didn't think I was worth it? Boom. But I understand. I I, I have that. It's just that's the one person you just want to shut shut them up. But uh, right. no, we're, we're putting out karma, good karma. They'll have Excellent. what's coming. Yes. And that's the thing. It's it's your mindset. It's it's. A lot of my coaching almost turns into, um, cons not good. it turns into to helping people realize even when they're going through a rough time that they're still worthy. Mm -hmm. Because when you're going through a rough time, those saboteurs, those, those that internal dialogue gets sour. Yes. And, you know, when you're in it, you can't see it. You can't dig your own self out. That's when my coaching, you know, really takes off with some people is I'm able to get them into the mindset that they that they then feel like I am worthy and I can succeed. And damn it, I'm going to. Yeah. You know. I love it. I lo I personally love it when because I consult for podcasting and I get to help independent podcasters and entrepreneurs, podcasters when they get their they see the numbers coming in, they're seeing the funnel popping off. They're like we're getting more sales. We're... When I got so my biggest win that I love is I got an email from my client Lloyd, who runs the Money Grows on Trees podcast, an amazing podcast. And when he told me that he hit a number thanks to the podcast, I was over the moon. I was over the moon. Like I wasn't even. I'm like I just I just wanted you to have a podcast because you're like you have knowledge that needs to be shared, but like the fact that it also helped him build his his business into the next level, and he's. Big things. Anyways, that's not not about me. This is about wins for you and <laughs> how you're doing. Where do you see you, yourself in five years? Since you're still such a new year, let's let's look at it. Ten years, ten years in the game as an entrepreneur. Where is Julie? Is Julie hightailing it, like having a team of seven thousand, or she's off on the beach of uh, Bahamas, relaxing, getting her nails done while her business just populates for her? I will tell you, I have worked on a dream, a particular dream, a personal dream of mine for seven years. Just last weekend, I took the first step, and the first step was I bought a fifth wheel RV. Ooh. My husband and I are going to move into the RV full time. Yes. In October. And I'm going to continue to run my business from the road. And we're going to basically tour the United States. We're going to see people. We, you know, with a with a typical job, you get three weeks off a year if you're lucky. We would never get to see all the people that we want to see. You know, 52 weeks. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to do. And so, um, you know, it's been seven years in the making. I've really thought it through and taken that first step was just this last weekend. So in 10 years, I'm going to be in my RV 
at the beach in the Keys. Because <laughs> I live in Florida now. I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. We're we're going to winter in the Keys, and then we're going to travel all summer. I love it. And I'm going to be coaching still. I won't be doing the consulting work. That's a little too heavy. But by that point, totally full on coaching. coaching. Oh yeah, yeah. And you and what's great is you can you can travel to some places and do in person coaching instead of virtual. Oh, I love, I love that. Um, Julie, we are coming to the end and I hate it because I'm having a fun time with you. I'm, oh, I'm, you're, you're wonderful, Phil. Oh, thank you. It's always, it's, I'm always nervous before I jump onto a, a podcast still after doing over really? 100 episodes of podcasting in my life. I still get nervous because it's like, I don't know what's going to come. It's a, something that I can't control. So oh. I always get nervous. But when I get to talking, oh, it's the best time. I have so much fun talking with my guests and especially with you because you you relate kind of like what my father went through. Mm-hmm. So I have that great connection. But we're going to jump into the spark question, which is by Seek Discomfort. Yeah, okay. Um, if you don't know, Seek Discomfort to my audience is a, an amazing YouTube channel that wants to spark conversations between strangers because strangers are just friends you haven't met yet. So, Julie, oh, this is very interesting because it's kind of the 10 year, but it's not. What's your moonshot? A dream that's so big that it scares you. The one that you whisper to the secret soul that you yet to tell the people. What is your moonshot dream? Mm. Wow. I would say, I would say to be a sought out, sought after um, keynote speaker and pull down, you know, a hundred thousand a speed. Oh, that's definitely possible. That's definitely possible with the with the energy that you bring, and the the oh, the, the like. I'm gonna say like a grandmother feel. You have like this grandmother warming feel that you just want. Everyone. You can get. I guarantee it that that moonshot dream is definitely happening. I'm calling it on this. All right, I'll take it. When you get you hit that, I want you to come back here, and I want to say I I hit it. I hit my moonshot. Well, all right, it's gonna be ten years either. Yeah, it's going to be even soon. I'm yeah. next year. I'm going to get a call saying, "Hey, Phil, I'm coming back on the podcast." I'm going to be like, "Julie, already? <laughs> already? My God, um, Julie, what I'm going to mine. Mine is really a moonshot because I want to captain a starship. That's my moonshot. I want to pilot a ship and be one of the people that goes to another planet. That's the big, big moonshot dream I have. That I'm hoping that. Look, if I'm even on a bridge of a starship, I'll be happy. Like, I don't have to captain it. Like, being traveling to another planet, that would still fall into the realm of the moonshot. That's my big goal because it's so... I've always been a fan of space from watching Star Wars and Star Trek and, you know, Firefly. All these amazing shows. Brown coat, true and true. Sereni. Oh, I cried. I cried. Oh, Oh, me too. Me too. Oh, my God. Light as a leaf on the wind. Um, whew, some PTSD. Hold on a second. Okay. Um, yeah. So my moonshot dream is that my my goal in life is to help launch a hundred million podcasts, and I'm on the on the roll. So before I die, I want to be responsible or 
able to help launch 100,000 podcasts. And so far I've launched, I want to say with my partner in our agency, just around 40 podcasts right now. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're putting it up because we want to hit 100 by the end of the year. So we're, we're on full swing for that. But that brings us to the end, which really is sad because I'm having so much fun talking with you, Drew. I'm going to jump off. I want you to talk to my audience. I want the, you to tell them where they can connect with you. If they are a, a mid-level senior or they're looking to transform their life because you're the perfect person to help them. So I'm just going to jump off here and the floor is yours. If you are interested in seeking out a thought partner and you are looking for an executive coach to help you with your transition into whatever's next for you, give me a call. My number is on my website, www.jnoonanconsulting.com. Excellent. Julie, thank you again for being a, an amazing guest and sharing those stories with us today. Thank you, Phil. Um, to my audience, as you know, the links will be in the show notes. Connect with Julie if you're looking to transform your life. Give her a ring and I promise you, you'll have a fun conversation. I can guarantee that. That's the only guarantee I'm going to give you a fun conversation because I've had a blast talking with her. So I know you guys will too. Um, and always remember to invest in yourself. Hey, digital entrepreneurs, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, like most of these entrepreneurs have taken their business to the next level to scale it, if you will, make sure you check out my brand new newsletter. Links are down below. It is called the Monetization Mogul Syndicate Newsletter, or it could be Feel Better stories of monetization moguls or making moguls this is what i do so make sure you go ahead and check that out but i want to thank you very much for listening and as always remember to invest